coming off of what was a house of horrors for the Florida Gators in a scary, scary night that ended up in a big Georgia victory. Can I get a go, dogs? Y'all know what it is. This is off the leash. So I don't know how long after the game it was, but if you're on social media, obviously you know how many Florida fans were talking crazy coming to this game, expecting an upset, but the dogs pulled it off. So I felt like it was only right to title this podcast Swamp Ass Kings, since that's what the <laughs> Gators played like. A quick Google search will say that Swamp Ass, a.k.a. Puddle Pants Puddles, or Dagoba Diaper, is when moisture and sweat builds up between your butt cheeks and embarrassingly, embarrassingly appears through your clothing. And I thought that was so funny. So swamp ass kings it is. But how about that victory, Keegs? That was that was huge momentum going into the rest of this stretch. Kentucky and Florida now look like real stamps on this resume. And Georgia is trending in the right direction. Yeah, and we... We knew that we had confidence in this Georgia team, but we did give Florida the credit. I really think that they were due, but a huge win, man. Like, it feels good. Just in general, knowing that, you know, I think Billy Napier is doing a lot of really good things in Florida, but Georgia is in complete control of this rivalry, and they just demonstrated that plain and simple. Really, man, I got to be honest, though, that first drive. <laughs> they had us on that first drive. <laughs> hey, that was a doozy, bro. Like, Florida, Florida, y'all came out swinging. Like, things were clicking. The 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 fans, you saw the confidence in their face. That gator was chomping. It was a slant and, play, to be fair. It was a slant oh, play yeah. that got us. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the one that went, like, perfect. The magic route. And the dude's running. You see the 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 blue sidelines lightened up like everything's just had the spectacular pizzazz like they're finally back to beat Georgia. Literally, Creed is just blaring on their sidelines. They're just on the all time <laughs> high, just talking about holding on. I'm six feet from the end zone, and I'm there. Baby, six feet, ain't so far. And then, and, then, and then the rest of it was just a beat down by our dogs. A beautiful win. There was no Brock Bowers, but one pretty much everybody we mentioned. I mean, we did mention pretty much everyone, but pretty much everyone we did mention stepped up in a big way. Not and least of or I don't know how to word this the most perfectly way, but either way, Lab McConkey. Really popped it off. Really took a lot of the the brute. Great game. Weight. Great game from the boy. He balled out, and we needed that. And you know, although Brock Bowers was in attendance, and you know, I'm all for talking about it and acknowledging it. But it's just like 
man, like how many times did they show Brock Bowers on the sidelines? Like they just like milk a story. It's like, like being at a Chiefs game with all this Taylor Swift coverage. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> oh, let's get him. Like I, we'll like I, we knew that was going to happen. Like oh, we knew, sure. but Oscar Delp had something to say about that. And while we love some Brock Bowers, the tight end room did play well. And Brock Bowers, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at you, you see, <laughs> Brock Bowers 2.0, <laughs> Oscar Delp. He had a beautiful catch, and that really- one-handed catch was really dope. And again, just shows a little bit of the talent that we have on this team. And after that first drive that Florida had, Georgia kicked it into overdrive for the rest of the game. I mean. Talking about a complete game, we talked about all the weapons that stepped up. You've mentioned several of them, but the entire team contributed. It was offense, defense, and special teams. And shout out on defense. I didn't even realize like he hadn't played a few games, but it makes sense now. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins gave such a boost to this defensive line. The most notable play being to where it was a strip sack on Graham Mertz. And then we covered it right there in the red zone. And then we rushed to score. And that really put the game from, because we were coming behind after Lab McConkie scored his. And it was 10 to seven and then 17 to seven. And then it, the dam just broke open at some point. So this was, this was complimentary football to its fullest. All phases of the game were just electric. It was a great game to watch. Yeah. And I, I agree. Like seeing him come out and, you know, step up, I guess, after being out a few games. Not something we had really focused on, but <laughs> Florida is one of those opponents. Like, if you're looking down the line and you want guys to be healthy, like, hopefully we are in a situation and we may maybe see Brock Bowers, but you know, it, you know, and that'll be we can talk about that later, but it's the timing of that. And to have Florida come in with such a respectable offense through the air. We're going to need that pass rush, and we had that. So that was a really nice progression in the season. We knew that we needed to get better each week for what the next opponent would bring. And while we thought we were up to the task, it was going to be, all right, next step, next step. And we took that next step. So I really was impressed with the pass rush specifically. And, yeah, the defense played great. You mentioned uh, Tyler Ingram. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. I was. I need to practice his name. But uh, one player that played really well. It was the. It was the play where Florida was going for it. They're looking like they're doing the tush push. The ball goes through the legs of the QB to uh, the back. Um, Etn and our super athletic linebacker. That was Smile Munden on that. Smile Munden, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he he just played a, a like that play was just a great like example of his athleticism while he was in position, and I do think I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not just giving all the credit to that, but it just showed like how well he could get in position with someone who is as dangerous as ETN because they really could have caught us. Absolutely. But but he was like three steps ahead of where a normal guy would be who was playing good disciplined football. So like, I was like, wow, this, his speed alone, like I'm sure Florida was like, Oh, we'll have him," And they kind of did. But if you look at the replay, we covered it so perfectly. So that was just like one of those moments where we really needed sound discipline and the defense was there. So yeah, hats off to the defense. That was like, we're going to talk about Carson Beck and what the offense oh, did. Oh, we're going to talk about everybody. We're going to talk is, about everybody because everybody is, really contributed to this win. 
Yeah, and it, it's very easy, like, within that to, you know, want to go offense with it. But the defense really stepped up, and I was impressed. Like, a lot of guys, Jalen Walker was making some plays, like, a lot of young faces. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, we had, a, like, a, so many dudes stepped up. So what did you see that you really liked specifically from the defense? Because I know you like to get into stats and all that. So Oh, yeah, we're going to hit it. So on, on that particular play, Florida should have just stuck with a tush push and just kept it simple. I know it's easy to say that because that's what the defense is expecting. But like you mentioned, that was covered completely. Everybody who came out of the backfield running a pass route was covered. They had stopped what could have been a short attempt. It was a great play, but sometimes getting too cute and kind of it, it looks bad when it doesn't. It's not executed. And that really changed a lot of the momentum of the game. But I want to ask you or kind of get your synopsis on each unit of the game because there was so much here. And then after we kind of go over each unit, I want to ask you what unit at the end of this conversation do you think is the unit that may keep us from winning a championship, SEC or otherwise? So since we're talking about the linebackers, let's talk about them. The grades are out. So like I looked over the grades and I want to talk about all these position so let's start with the linebackers since we're there probably the best game that i've seen from the linebackers as a complete complete unit you mentioned smile munden and that fourth down stop that was huge the outside linebackers marvin jones jr jalen walker i told you guys on this podcast to pay attention to him those guys were absolute menaces off the edge and even jdj jdj had a great game i think he finished with a sack and a couple tackles for loss really controlled the run game had everybody in the right position. So for you, what did you see from the linebacker position outside of maybe what you've already said that you really liked? Well, outside of maybe just a couple of plays where they out-schemed us, we just don't seem to get caught out of position. Like that's the biggest thing is just being in position. Not only that, even when we've had a couple of times, I think it might have been, gosh, gosh, maybe it was Chambliss uh, that didn't quite – he, he didn't quite get the tackle, but he yeah, was out of position from time to time. Yeah, but he kind of got spun around and he was holding on, but he, he didn't make the tackle, but he still slowed him up, did enough to where it really didn't. It was null. So like even when we've not made the play and slipped up like that positioning alone really has just been elite. And, yeah, we were able to kind of get the pass rush involved, too. Like I was talking about a minute ago, I, I think it was Jalen Walker that you know, affected, like when we did blitz, we seem to be pretty successful with that. So I just feel like our, our, while our linebacker room could be, could be the thing in a game that puts us over right now, they're playing really well and just at a high consistent level. So like, then I can almost echo that across the defense. Like there's no specific group that's just like, anywhere near to a problem so okay yeah fair enough I, I like that synopsis so let's hop over to the other side of the ball the offensive line want to get your synopsis on how you think that they play just to give you stats there the offensive line gave up zero sacks on the day clean jersey for your quarterback and when Carson Beck has a clean jersey you can see the damage that he that he can do on top of that we rushed for 170 yards a little bit above our average and I want to say it was two or three touchdowns on the day. I want to say it's three touchdowns on the day. So your thoughts on the offensive line coming to this game. And mind you, we are kind of rotating with Amarius Mims is back, but he didn't play. Xavier Trust got the nod at right tackle, I believe. And then 
it was the kid from South Carolina, the offensive tackle, uh, Monroe Freeling. I think got some some good quality burn as well. Your thoughts on the O line? Well, the fact that I can tell you not a lot about Florida's defensive line because they were so nondescript in this game is going to tell you a lot about what the offensive line did because it's easy as a fan and even someone who like has p- played different positions on the line at times to overlook what an offensive line is doing. But the easiest way to give them credit is just to like what we were, t- we're talking about the offense with like, we didn't have to mention now, anytime you don't have to mention what the opposing team's defensive line did, it's like one of the big, bigger indicators that your offensive line is having success. But what I saw on the field is dudes pull like I saw this one perfect pancake pool that they reposted on one of the social media accounts where uh John have to give credit Ar- after Ernest Green. It was it was Ernest. Thank you, sir. Destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Destroyed Man, him like that was a perfect, that was a perfect pop. Only time I ever got popped like that was in a demonstration for a drill. And it was actually the coach who, who he, he, I didn't know he was about to pop me. He's walking down the line and we're all lined up shoulder to shoulder. He's like, he just turns on me and I was looking off and he said, sometimes you just got to pop him. And he popped me and I wasn't paying any attention. I was Chanel, like, pay attention. <laughs> like, damn, coach, like, they, you need to work out before you come to practice. But anyway, yeah. So that was that was a good moment, but yeah, the offensive line seemed to play just real solid. I'll say this: the one time I did see Carson Beck be a little discomfort or have discomfort, it was because of just like a, a numbers advantage from Florida sending a blitzer. So everyone who was blocking man on, you know, was covered, and they're still doing their job, and that's it allowed Carson to flush out because in that instance. If any one of those guys were to break free or there to be, you know, some internal pressure when you got blitzers running free with no blockers on them, you know, that that's a situation for uh, a, a potential threat, potential sack, and even then. So, uh, yeah, we just – we played super solid. And honestly, dude, this group – this group could really be you, – you're talking about the group, which group could be a flaw. This group really could be the one looking back that leads us to championship level like we were so elite on the offensive line and in the last three or four years florida's had at least one or two defensive line guys you know make some plays like really be some dudes and we made them look like super nondescript so i feel like that was the biggest thing our offensive line did and how did you feel about the receiving room as a whole because so many dudes got passes like it was crazy yeah, of all the grades that were given out, uh, the linebackers, which we already talked about, A+. plus. We mentioned the D-line, four sacks on the day, a forced fumble by Tyrion Ingram-Dawkins, only gave up 109 rushing yards. The only other A-plus on the day was wide receivers and tight ends. We already saw the one-handed catch, and for the people that doubted that this roster is littered with talent, there you go. But we have to talk about Ladd McConkey, old boy from Chatsworth, a career-high 135 yards and a touchdown. Catching that ball in the middle of the field, reversing field, and just turning on the burners, when you're having, you know, kind of coming off some back stuff, the boy's healthy. Yeah, The boy is healthy, and he he has the ability to be a, a top weapon in this offense and shows that every week. 
But on top of that, you have um, Dominic Lovett had a career high in catches, really contributed to the pass game. Dylan Bell is still serving to be a, a Debo Samuel type of character. He can run the ball, had a touchdown pass as well, and then Oscar Delves. So A plus on these weapons that were getting doubted because Brock Bowers is out, they stepped up and then some. And a lot of people were talking about how, you know, they think that we can't be successful without Brock Bowers, right? And I've heard people like Aaron Murray and Dan Orlovsky and all these people that, you know, commentate on games. When you have a weapon like Brock Bowers, it incentivizes you to slow down just a little bit, right? You want to run the ball and really gash the linebackers and then put them in mismatch situations with Brock running behind them, exploiting the safety, beater routes down the middle. But when he is not, a, when he, when Brock Bowers is not being keyed on, who do you stop in this offense? We got four, five, six different people that can catch the ball, capable tight ends, plus a running game. It just gives you so much more to deal with because we're going to go to Brock when he's on the field. He's one of the best players in college football. It only makes sense. So the wide receivers, to do what they did against the average defense, A-plus for them. A-plus for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the only other thing, I want you to talk about Carson. What do you think about quarterback play on the day? He's on a tear right now. I think they've got him about 10 or 11 as far as some Heisman or SEC top, whatever the things are. But what do you what are you seeing from Carson right now? I, I think he played a really good game. It wasn't at that great level, you know, or amazing, but he played a really good game. So, like, he that means he was very accurate. He got out of the pocket. And I think the biggest thing he's doing right now is, like, just leading the offense. Like, he knows the offense so well. The players trust him. You know, there was like all these reports of the emotional undertones because he was coming home and, you know, we were going to talk about, you know, how he did and how he handled that. Do you think about me now and then? (laughs) Do you think about me now and then? (laughs) But yeah, he did well, man. Like I felt, I thought that Carson handled that part of it. And that's the biggest thing for Carson. If he can, if he can nail down his accuracy in the deep passes. Absolutely. That's the difference this year between what his touchdown, whatever his touchdowns are now and like three or four more and his yards. Spot on, dude. Spot three on. or four hundred more yards because Spot he, on. he's missed a, a, a – if you add up all the big passes that he's overthrown, while he's been pretty damn accurate the rest of the go, he just he's just a little bit – he just needs to work on that a little bit. Like To his credit. Because some people take it as criticism when we say that. Go back and watch it. We talked about the Oscar Delp, Mil- uh, Oscar Delp miss in another game. He's good for one deep shot miss per game. That puts him in a different stratosphere if he hits that. If he can – he, the point I was trying to make here is, yeah, that puts him in that 300 yeah. three-touchdown category per game. If he does that, if he hits a little bit more of those shots, one more every other game, there's not, a, there's not a defense in college football that's going to stop this offense. That's the difference. So he's been absolutely great, but a couple of those, and you know Bobo loves those shots. The, the ceiling, there, there's no ceiling on where this offense can go. Yeah, and some, there's something too, though, it's just a little bit of like the clutch factor. Like, like if, you, if you can get good at that, that's, that's huge. Because like when Dame Lillard does Dame time or – LeBron hits some like crazy backboard shot or Luca the other night, that Luca magic, that, Off the that, board. That, that one arm, you know, these are all these, this, you know, t- to their credit, 
they will be uh, greatly applauded. But a lot of these moments are done in practice over and over and over again. So he just needs to get those reps out because once he starts hitting a f- just a few more, that really just takes his clutchness because right now we have a really good player that we feel pretty damn good on, you know, good about and fairly confident about. But, like, is he going to make a lot of clutch plays down by, you know, three touchdowns or something? Like, it, do are we going to need that clutchness down the line? We will. You know, so that's the thing. Like, I want to see Carson – developing that because i think he can do it like i don't think he if you can throw it that far you can probably just learn to take a little bit off and just work on that time a little bit more air so they can get under and i had a brain fart earlier to his credit it's better to throw it a little bit out of reach for your receiver than to under throw it and have it be a turnover so you know there's some good and bad so i i'm if he's going to miss continue to miss the way that you're missing but we are going to need that big play. Go back to the Alabama game with Stetson and the shots that he hit down the field. Go back to Ohio State just last year with Arian Smith. That's a wide-open shot. You cannot miss those wide-open home run shots. It's going to come down again. We're going to see it again, and it's going to be important at some point. So I know he's working on it, but if he hits that, but it's it's GG. It's good night. Exactly. It's good night. It makes Georgia's offense that much more dangerous. And as hard as it is to stop what they're doing well, like already, you add that deep shot, bro, we have everything at our disposal. Yes. So let's say you stop everything else and we still got that deep shot. That's, you know, for some teams, that's all you need. Like Caleb Williams is the kind of quarterback, you know, potentially in theory, you know, uh, CJ Stroud was that kind of quarterback. Like these elite, elite guys, you just. Jaden Daniels right now. Yeah, like some guys can just take those shots mm-hmm. and their their offense could be mid and then they could put that on you like, oh, man. Even if you miss, you yeah. get a pass interference. It's not the NFL, so it's not a spot foul, but that's an extra 15 and a, and a, a first, right? That's right. huge. That's a momentum killer. Or that, yeah, for a defense, that's a momentum killer for sure. So, no, great game by him, and I, I expect his development to continue. Now the conversation is starting to be on Twitter. Is he going to go to the NFL after this season or does he come back? We'll save that, but that's – a little bit of fodder for the podcast for sure. Bro, if he does what we're talking about, he's go- he will go to the NFL. Like- we'll see what he grades out because that's that's what mm-hmm. I would be leaning on. If I grade out as a, a late first, early second, like you know, I'm gonna go get a bag. But we'll we'll see how it works out. You never know how these things happen. But a couple more units that I want to talk about, and then I want to kind of prep us for the college football rankings that are coming out tomorrow. The running back room. That's another A on the day. If you're catching a the theme here. There is not hmm. one unit. Actually, we'll get to it. We got three more units. Uh, running backs, three touchdowns on the day. Kendall Milton is starting to look healthy. And although Dejon Edwards is not the most talented running back on this roster, he has been a bell cow. He has been a workhorse. He has been de- dependable. Last couple of years, he struggled a little bit with fumbles here and there. He has secured the ball. And on that fourth, fourth and two at the goal line, credit the offensive line, but he – he has really carried this running this running back room in Kendall Milton's absence. Yeah, Dejon looked good. He had he had several plays where he you know, hit the edge. He's just, I think, one of his best things is the vision. Like, and honestly, I think I think he doesn't get the credit he quite deserves because he isn't elite. Maybe at anything off like you can't just say like the one thing he's elite at but he's just well-rounded really, really good. Maybe it's just about everything. So 
Dejon Edwards is, you know, he's definitely got an NFL future. And, like, he's the kind of guy, if he goes to the right team, he could be, like, a great fantasy back or something. Like, he could be really productive just from how he's playing. Think about, you know, like the Falcons. They've had a 1,000-yard rusher and Tyler Algier. Algier, yeah. So, like, you know, and that guy, he like, he's really – he's kind of the same way. He's like, there's nothing really that – spectacular but he just keeps playing really what does he do like all he does is just play really well all the time like so it's like you know you'd almost rather have that sometimes like it while it's nice to have you know speaking of fantasy it's like it's nice to have those guys that just pop it off every now and then deandre hopkins but uh you know it's also kind of nice to have that solid player and that's really how it is you know as us fans here it's like i think he doesn't get quite the credit he deserves and he's had a great season and you know he say what you want sometimes he does look like the best back out there like he doesn't maybe his highlight package isn't as prolific as Kendall Milton's or some of these other guys I think that's what we've kind of like no we've been known to put on the running backs but yeah I do like what Dejan was doing and running back room looked really really nice man so what what else do we got great out we got we got a shout out to special teams this was a this was a complete performance by this UGA team special team Thurston punted excellent on the day. I'm not sure what his average punt yards was, but I think three of them were inside the 15 or the 10. I mean, flipping the field, the way the defense was playing, that is elite for a punter. All you got to do is flip the field and give the opponent a long way to go, a lot of opportunities to make mistakes, and that played in our favor. Field goals, I think we hit every single field goal. This is Woodring. Peyton Woodring is a freshman. He struggled early. He's starting to put it together. Every time he kicks a field goal, if you'll watch it, it like starts sharp left and then just breaks back to the right every <laughs> single time. But he's got it down. You know, it's like if you're golfing and you got a slice, like play your slice. He plays his slice and he's got it down. He's got a hell of a leg. So it's starting to come together. And then the blocked punt for a safety. We haven't had one of those this year. And I think we've gotten used to some of those highlight plays. That was excellent to see. There's a lot of talk on Twitter about how Georgia was ready and that the the block punt team, they knew if they got a certain look or a certain gap was open, that they would switch to the actual block. Sometimes you play safe. Sometimes you play return focus. They saw a look from Florida and went into block and got it. And I believe it was Jonel Aguero, one of the highly rated um, freshmen yeah. incoming. Yeah. So that was huge. But that says so much about this coaching staff too. Hey, if you get this look, you guys check down into that. To see that, to do that, to execute that, that's pure. This this football team is going to be dangerous if we can make a play like that every now and then. Makai Muse picks it up. It's it's going to be it's going to be great. And then last but not least, the lowest rated of the day, given that they gave up that first drive and those slant passes, the secondary, not what we're used to from the secondary. A B plus, they really tightened it up, but from a pass covering grade, B plus yeah. for them. I they're still. Malachi Starks and Javon Buller are still, they lead our team in tackles most games, which is not ideal, but that's how good they are. You get past the linebackers, you're not getting past the safeties. So B plus for them. And that's the strength of our team. So to see everybody else get an A and them to get a B plus, I'm confident they're going to bounce back. You know what I mean? So one of, I'd say this performance overall was probably, it's tough to say, close to if not better than the Kentucky game I know that score is more sexy but this was a dominant performance from this team offense defense special teams complete yeah and Florida just being that rivalry you know being 
kind of like where Billy is and his coaching tenure, Georgia wants to kind of keep its dominance. And there's something to just like going on the road a little bit. I know it's not a, a quote unquote away game, but that just adds a little bit of extra oomph. And you nailed it on the head when we hit that block. That was that moment kind of emotionally for me was the peak because we had just been kicking their ass on the field and then we did that too. And that was just like we, I think it was, a, we took a 26 point to so maybe it was seven or 10. I don't know what, what it was at the time, but it was enough of a, a gap that was like, okay, like, if, if, like now we're just playing with our food. Basically. Yeah. We went on a 36 point run. That was one of the mini daggers for sure. And, you know, going back since it, you, you mentioned it, the Florida game, obviously. Did you know that Florida was the last team that we lost to in 2020? I did see that. Yeah. When when we when we lost to Florida after that game, Kirby was 48 and 14 in his career after that loss. In the three years coming up to Saturday, Kirby is now 89 and 15. <laughs> From 48 and 14 with two titles one SEC championship, four playoff game wins in four years. That is insane. One loss and getting close to doubling your wins. That is that is unheard of. Kirby is just out of this world, and we're starting to see He's the 89 things. and 15? He is 89 and 15, yes. How's that? That doesn't make 15. Yeah, one loss. We lost in the oh. SEC championship oh, game. total. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. We Whoa. lost to Alabama. That's crazy. <laughs> have not. In, this is in three years. That is absolutely nuts. And oh, another man. another thing that I was kind of not criticizing, but we thought this was the case from the slow starts. The roster management, making yeah. sure players are healthy, playing the twos and the threes. That's starting to bear fruit right now. You got Terry and Ingram coming right back in, making a huge stamp. Like that is huge. People stepping up right now in Brock's absence. Imagine what this offense is going to look like when he get back. It's it's starting to bear fruit, and as tough <laughs> as Missouri and Ole Miss are going to be, and Tennessee, for those who voted on my poll, I think Missouri and Ole Miss are going to be much tougher. I know they're at home, but we're starting to see what this team can be, and there's still some growth left to be had. So I, I'm really excited moving forward, even though my nerves are going to be shot for the rest of this month. <laughs> or for the next of the rest of November, anyways. That's a great problem to have. That just means we're watching quality football. But I think it was perfect, dude. This week, like we after Georgia's win, the media. I saw something hadn't seen really all season. <laughs> all these people started to eat slowly, publicly own up and eat their words. I saw like three or four different national guys be like, "Well, I guess Georgia really is probably you know the odds." favorite from this point i don't it was a convincing win i think everybody understands it and we're gonna have more of those too so this is our chance to add to that resume and speaking of the coaches poll and the ap poll cs as the number one team do you think the college football playoff rankings which don't matter for those of you who remember tennessee started last year number one before they came to athens and we tapped that ass but tuesday the only ranking that does matter does come out what are your thoughts keeps Dude, who who is ahead of us, really? Like to me, I don't see anyone being ahead of us. So yeah, I got us totally first. Who if, else? If I'm playing, if I'm playing devil's advocate, our schedule is going to look better than Michigan's very very soon. There, there's his backload, and it's just Ohio State. Ohio State has probably the best resume so far with their wins. Not really convinced with their offense. 
Michigan has dominated their inferior schedule better than we have for the most part. But for us, you know, we're back-to-back champions undefeated. That's and we're and we're getting better. So that's hard to argue. And then Florida State right now. Um Oregon's not in like you picked. LSU's not in like I picked. There's still some time for change, but I imagine it being Georgia or Michigan one or two. Ah, that's yeah. tough to say. I, I don't know how they're gonna vote. Give me okay, so just let me give you just four. Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State. That's what I see. I don't I can't really make a great argument who's better, but you know how the committee's gonna do. They may do it just for clicks and bait, to be honest. And I wouldn't be upset. I'll be happy for number two. Because that's just another fuel for Kirby to light under this team, a fire to light under this team. Washington is still undefeated? Yes. Okay. So I would put Washington probably. Who's over, who's out? Over Florida State for me, I think. Really? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Florida's, Florida's, I want to see what Florida State does against UNC. Who? <laughs> well, it comes out Tuesday. So oh, based like, on what you got right now and – yeah. We, we're running out a little time here, but based on what you got right now, just give me your four. Okay, so I'll take Georgia, Michigan, Ohio, Ohio State, and Florida State. Actually, no, 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 no. Who'd I say? Shit. I just, we just covered it. <laughs> yeah, Washington. Washington. Yeah, okay. I'll take Washington. Yeah. As your number four, and you're kicking who out? Florida State. Florida, Florida State. State out in this instance, but we'll, to be continued, but yeah. Okay. Bet. And then just to answer the question, since we started it, give me one of your positions that may be that may keep us from winning an SEC or a national title right now. If you have to pick just one unit, um, let's see. I'll go. I'll go with running back, and that's if we fumble it too much. <laughs> okay, like... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go inside linebacker. I think if they play <clears throat> like they're playing now or better, it's a wrap. But if we can't fill those gaps and make those tackles, I think. We could get exposed somewhere down the line. I, I don't know yet, but I'm, I'm confident in that group. But I think that's where we may have cracks if we do have cracks. Very fair. I just want to say, last week, I did not have my picks in order. I did not do my homework. And I threw a last-minute Hail Mary and said that Georgia Tech was going to beat UNC for that's some reason in my, in my spirit. So embarrassing. <laughs> I, I called that. But I don't know why I did, but, hey, that happened, so. Just want to just want to just want to remind you folks at home. Love it. Well, it was a it was a great game by the dogs. If you got any Gator fans out there, Dog Nation, um, shout out to them. Swamp Ass Kings is what they're going to be called now. We'll get <laughs> back with you guys on the preview for next week. Catch us wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music. Keegan, I always appreciate the time. Hell of a win. Go dogs. And as oh. always, guys, you know what it is. Off the leash. Off the leash. <laughs>